Welcome to this worship service at the Old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia. We hope you will join us some Sunday morning here in Old Town, Alexandria. Again, welcome. Welcome to worship on this Lord's Day when we also celebrate Epiphany. It's marked particularly by remembering the wise men following the star and highlights the light of God and the revealing of God in our lives and in the world. So we gather in prayer and worship, holding on to the light of God in our joys and in our sorrows. We gather so that we can say to one another, the Lord be with you and also with you. Let us worship God. The first reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. In this reading, the prophet gives a message of hope to the people of Israel. Listen to the words of the prophet. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather, they come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Our second lesson this morning comes to us from the beginning of the Gospel of John, a familiar passage which you will hear both in the version that you have in your pews and also the contemporary language version called The Message. Listen for God's word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and without him. Not one thing came into being. The word was first the Word present to God, God present to the Word. The Word was God, in readiness for God from day one. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Everything was created through him, nothing, not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out in the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. There once was a man, his name John, 
sent by God to point out the way to the life light. He came to show everyone where to look, who to believe in. John was not himself the light. He was there to show the way to the light. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. The life light was the real thing. Every person entering life he brings into light. He was in the world. The world was there through him, and yet the world didn't even notice. They came to his, he came to his own people, but they didn't want him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of, of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed, and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God's selves. These are the God-begotten, not blood-begotten, not flesh-begotten, not sex-begotten. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The word of God for the people of God Thanks be to God. to God. Will you pray with me? O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'd originally hoped this sermon would be about joy and promise, and light. Then Anne and I sent out the death in the Leahy family notice, closing with these words. In the midst of darkness, we hold fiercely to the light, trusting that in life and death, we belong to God. Before Christmas Eve, I'd started my research on this poetic John 1 passage, including the phrase in Eugene Peterson's version, God moved into the neighborhood. I'd planned to see the film A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with my kids after Christmas to use as a framework about American icon and Presbyterian pastor Fred Rogers. We didn't have a chance to see the film. And instead of joy and light this week, I've been thinking about plans and promises. And one of you forwarded the sermon Rocky preached after the death of his first son, Rob, entitled, The Problems and Promises of Waiting. But God didn't wait. It might have seemed like eons to us, but God had always planned to move into the neighborhood, to take on human joy and suffering, to be our neighbor. That's what love is, showing up, being there even in our suffering and struggles. Fred Rogers said, 
Love isn't a state of perfect caring. It's an active noun, like struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is, here and now. He became a household name by shining light on our humanity, accepting everyone, introducing children to people whose race, religion, abilities seemed different, but who were really just like us. In Rocky's sermon for Christmas Eve, which I had the honor of sharing, he talked about the joy of God's incarnation, God longing to be near us, God's beloved, the way we all want to be physically near our loved ones. It's why we show up in this sanctuary week after week. We are part of God's great love story. Compared to Luke or Matthew's beloved version of the incarnation, John's prologue to the gospel might feel abstract, heady. It is poetic, which is the language of love. The word of God, Christ made flesh among us, is not the baby we're used to seeing in the Christmas pageant. John invites us to go deeper as we turn our faces toward the light that is the Word made flesh. And John's version of Jesus' birth feels right for us this morning when we as a community are grieving and maybe even questioning. I am deeply comforted by the idea that God has moved into the neighborhood, ours. Our community, our neighbors gathered together Christmas Eve to celebrate with great joy this move of God's to be with us, to live among us. And even behind the scenes as I scrambled to lead worship, I experienced God's nearness, God's light, God's love. As I witnessed the light spread from taper to taper, candle to candle, your face is flooded with God's joy, God's face shining in yours. I felt the Holy Spirit's presence maybe more deeply than ever before. And that Christmas Eve joy, even while choking back tears and pushing away searing grief, is contagious because the world can feel like a very dark place, even during the Christmas season, maybe especially this year. The work of this Christmas includes living into the light, keeping the promise of joy and love alive even in grief and sadness. It's about keeping watch for grace and hope amidst profound suffering worldwide, in anxiety-inducing headlines like the assassination of Iran's top general, ongoing impeachment proceedings, Australia's unprecedented wildfires, the Methodist Church plan to split over gay clergy and marriage, and here at home, in our family of faith, we mourn Ben Lehe's death, struggling to cope with enormous sorrow for our pastor and his family, and grappling with the pain conjured from so many other losses in each of our lives. It can feel so hard to remain faithful and open-hearted in the midst of sorrow and suffering. 
It can be hard to believe a tiny baby named Jesus, the one who saves, could save the whole world from suffering and sorrow in a land ruled by the powerful, occupying Roman Empire. It can be hard to hear words like Isaiah's, Arise, shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. When we know the ancient Israelites were weeping in captivity in Babylon, they had questions and doubts, surely. They must have been incredibly skeptical about the prophecy that followed. Light in the midst of darkness, joy in the midst of pain, abundance in the midst of deprivation. As deep as the Israelite community's grief was, there came this prophecy of hope, showered on them by God's glory and love in the form of human generosity from near and far, light shining in the darkness, and a shining star bringing people bearing gifts and praising God's glory. What about now? What kind of gifts do we bear even in sorrow and sadness? What do we give each other in God's neighborhood? For starters, food. Within minutes, our diaconate's meal train sign-ups to bring dinners to the Leahy family was filled. Thank you, God. Thank you. Comfort. Scores of you have flooded ands in my phones and inboxes with an outpouring of offers of support, help, and care for the Leahy's as well as our staff. Thank you, God. Thank you. Prayers. Hundreds of us filled this sanctuary last Sunday before our regular Christmas-tide service to share our love and lift prayers to envelop Linda, Sally, Rocky, Jenny, Grace, and all their extended family. Thank you, God. Thank you. This is what neighbors do. We show up. We help out. We lend a shoulder to cry on. In the midst of darkness, we hold fiercely to the light, trusting that in life and death, we belong to God. Dr. Frank A. Thomas, professor of homiletics at Christian Theological Seminary writes, love and compassion bring God next door. It is this love that gives me great joy as I celebrate the word moved into my neighborhood and yours. We can't begin to understand God or why tragedies happen or even why goodness or miracles happen like a baby born to a teenage peasant who changed the world, bringing God's infinite love and abundance into our lives for eternity. But believing that there is meaning and purpose in our lives and in the lives of others is the cornerstone of our faith. Letting go of not always understanding is a big step forward. Foreigners streamed across distant lands following a star on faith that God's glory would be revealed to them and to all humankind. Multitudes of shepherds and animals and angels and magi gathered around this infant Jesus 
coming together even in their great socioeconomic and ethnic diversity to honor and adore God with us. The outpouring of love and gifts were a response to God's gift to humanity in the Christ child. This self-revelation of God in Christ, which we call the epiphany, is what John describes in his prologue as God's light in the world from before the beginning of time. Jesus is revealed as being for all people, not just a chosen few. His love will have no end, even in the dark times. As we begin a new year and pack up the remnants of Christmas, can we ask ourselves how we can welcome this neighbor, this savior, into our hearts? Can we allow God's love to work in us to change us so that we can change the world? Can we begin again by opening the door to our hearts that we're so tempted to slam shut in pain or sadness instead of following the life and model that Christ moved into our neighborhood for, to live out for us? Reverend Jill Duffield comments, the text appointed for this second Sunday of Christmas invites us to silence that voice within us that tells us to keep everything under control, not to expect too much, not to hope too much, not to reveal too much, do not rejoice or grieve too much, and instead give ourselves over to the word made flesh and embodied in our own flesh. Allow the word to overwhelm and envelop silence in you any voice but God's. Open your mouth, she writes, your body, your whole Jesus-redeemed being to praise and truth, grace upon grace. Let it radiate through you so you will be, we will be, the light of the world that no darkness can overcome. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. We don't need to leave our Christmas lights up all year to experience God's light, to feel that glow of Christmas Eve of hope and joy. Christ said that we are the light. We are God's gifts to the world. Christ is God's gift to us. We are the treasure and abundance God calls us to share across the world from stranger to stranger. God's abundance and light, kindness and generosity, love and hope are infinite. The more we give, the more we receive. Love, light, joy, these are God's gifts to us, and we are called to share these gifts, these blessings with all our neighbors, near and far. Maybe we can offer up a paperless post, Welcome to the Neighborhood Evite, as our response to God by rededicating ourselves, by showing up, helping out, bringing food, bringing comfort, changing the world little by little, expressing gratitude as we continue to wonder at the miraculous gift of the Word made flesh, of God moving into our neighborhood. That's what is revealed, this epiphany, 
in this new year, all across our world, God's light shining in each and every one of our neighbors' faces. In the midst of darkness, we hold fiercely to the light, trusting that in life and death, we belong to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray together. The Word became flesh and lived among us. It is the truth of your presence, God, that gives us hope and courage in the darkness of these days. It is the truth of your presence that calls us to look for the light, to hold on to what is good. It is the truth of your presence that draws us together and that calls us to prayer. We join together, holding up the pain and fear and uncertainty of the world and seeking your light. God, hear our prayer this day. We pray for our world. We pray for all nations, for all people, for justice, and freedom and peace. We pray for those who suffer, who flee their homes, who live in fear. We pray for those standing up for justice and for all who risk their lives to serve. We pray also, God, for the leaders of nations, that they might have the will and the wisdom and the courage to lead toward what is good. We lift up to you, God, the tensions between nations in our world. We know the destructive capabilities that are here, and we pray, God, that you might deliver us. We pray for the healing of our world. We also pray, God, for all who suffer. We pray for those who are hungry or thirsty, who don't have good medical care or a safe place to live. We pray for those threatened by wildfires, devastated by disasters of any kind, for those seeking to find their way as the world changes around them. We pray, God, for all who struggle to have enough. And God, we lift up to you all that lies heavy upon our hearts this day. We pray for all who are ill, for those coping with chronic conditions, for those who are facing death. We pray, God, for those who are struggling with addiction, with depression, with mental illness, with diseases that tie our lives in knots and make it so hard to navigate our way. We pray, God, for those who grieve. We pray for the ache of loved ones lost, for sorrow deep within. We pray for Rocky and Sally and Linda and Grace, and for all who know the pain of losing a child or of a spouse or parent dying young. Hold them close, O oh God. Sustain and uphold them. 
receive their tears and their sorrow and the emptiness. Hold them together in your love, in your spirit, in your grace, in the truth that you became flesh and lived among us, and that in that very body you showed us that death is not the end. We pray, God, we pray. Hear these are prayers, the prayers of this community and the prayers of the world as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power.